Welcome to the second episode of the Drinks and Diamonds podcast. I am Richter and Phillips Marketing Director Rebecca, who honestly can't believe I got these two to remain seated this long. So I have Matt Schlomer, our watchmaker and watch department director, and Blake Stelzer, our sales floor manager. Hello again, Hello. guys. Hello. <laughs> Here at Richter and Phillips, our year revolves around cuffing season, so we go March to March, gearing up with our annual plans. This usually lines up perfectly with uh, Watches and Wonders, Um, so you guys come back and you're all wide-eyed and bushy-tailed and inspired from the immersive environment you had in Geneva. So guys, wrapping up the past year, um, we had like 10 or so questions submitted about this on Instagram, and we just wanted to check in on a few of these things. Based on the last year, how was the world of watches as far as, generally speaking, and Richter and Phillips? I mean, the growth, I think, in general that the store has had over the past year is phenomenal. Uh, Watches especially, me and Matt constantly reflect on five years ago, me coming onto his team um, that he had a vision for and kind of brought me into the fold with Rick and Eric and, and, and to see what it's become today. Uh, is is unbelievable and it's all over it's it, the majority of the growth I feel has happened over the past two years um, and and it's not just us I think it's watches as a whole in in um, experience driven shoppers as a whole not just watches but jewelry and bridal it's a different type of shopper and a different expectation that's set and you know with Rebecca's help with the team's help we've been able to kind of raise that bar year over year but it's been an unbelievable year a shocking year yeah I agree the the economy was a little bit weird through the second half of 2022. And I think the secondary market for a lot of the watches and, and many of the brands we sell kind of had a right sizing. Um, some of the secondary market prices dropped as much as 30% on the resale of these units that we sell brand new for retail pricing. Um, and it was, it was kind of felt like it was in free fall for four or five weeks and then it plateaued. And then the year ended amazing. And this year has begun just as as great guns as last year. So I think there may have been a little bit of uh, shoulder shrugging and and a little uncertainty at the end of the summer last year, but it really rebounded. It didn't really affect us all that much. Um, All these watches still remain popular. We have many brands that are as strong, if not stronger in 2023 so far as as they were last year and ever since COVID. And somehow I have no idea uh, the things that have happened in the world um, are confusing as to how successful the watch industry has become around the world. I still don't know how to parse that, uh, especially after some more free-flowing cash has dried up over the last couple of years. But uh, no, it's been it's been awesome. Uh, rep- on on the other end of things, repairs, the millions and millions of watches that have been made and all this popular popularity over the last few years are all coming due for service in the next few. So. We're trying to scope out what our next year looks like, uh, Emma and I, to keep up with the demand for that side of the product, which is a huge uh, boost to our business. It's not a, um, a huge contributing factor to the bottom line, but the qualitative aspect of the services we offer, and not just watch repair, but jewelry repair, and the attention to detail and, and personal uh, personal attention we pay to that part of the business are, are very important too. And that that's, a, a I think, a direct... Uh, contributor to some of our success on on the other end of things on the retail end yeah I think I mean I I think a big big thing too is knowingly or unknowingly this store was prepared to deal with the growth that happened very quickly and I think that 
you know, from COVID on, you know, COVID times, I can remember coming here, the stores closed for all intents and purposes, no shoppers, Rick and Eric still coming in every day for lack of another thing to do. And I'd come down 10 hours a week just to get out of my house to hang out with Rick and Eric and, and truly not knowing what was going to happen. I mean, there was definitely a period of uncertainty. It's since passed, but definitely a period of uncertainty on a global scheme. Um, and then to see opening back up, it took about two weeks to four weeks for people to realize that we were open and you could shop. And we ran with it. Uh, and we got busy very, very quickly. And, and, and it hasn't stopped. Uh, even going into the new year, it's always kind of the 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 moment of truth when Christmas ends, that year resets, and you sit down, whether you're a sales employee or you're a repair person or you are in marketing, you kind of just look at the door and you're like, well, it's a fresh year. What's going to happen? And we've been blessed and lucky and and so lucky and positioned well to, to just keep on rolling. I mean, the doors keep opening. Our clients keep us busy and we care. Um, we deeply care about taking care of clients needs and how they feel and how they think and what they want. Uh, and I think that's the big thing. I, I think that, you know, why the big drive on, on the watch market is because I care. I mean, I, I, if I was in a position where I could own these watches and I didn't do what I did do now, I would still own them. And they, they mean something to people, whether it's a diamond ring for a, a young lady or a Riviera necklace for, you know, another a watch to me as a man. I could say the same for Matt, I think, is that I care about it. I love it. Um, and we don't have much. I mean, you can maybe wear a chain, a ring, and then you have your watch. So I think a lot of guys have adapted into this as whether it's a status symbol or it's a way to, you know, reflect your personality or, you know, it's an accessory, whatever it may be, it's it's stuck. Um, and there's, again, kids coming in that uh, have a passion for this. I mean, 17 year old sneakerhead kids coming in here trying to buy their first Rolex. It's unbelievable. It's incredible. Uh, and we were just positioned by Rick and Eric and Matt, uh, and others to be successful when we got crazy busy because it got out of control busy for a little while and we had to grow fast. Um, and, and we have, and it's been great. Frederick Sage says that black diamond bracelets filling up your wrists are popular for men. So maybe you can start Selling hey, some of this. With tell Frederick Alexis. Sage to send me some bracelets. I'll wear them and sell them. <laughs> I think you could pull it off. I absolutely would. I'm all about the bling. <laughs> so what's in store for this year? What can people look forward to? Um, we have a couple new features upstairs already. Yep. If you want to touch on those. Um, I'll briefly touch on this and then I think Matt will fill you in in a little more detail as far as some of the awesome events we may, may or may not have coming up. Um, obviously, our whiskey and watches is always going to be a staple. Uh, but th this year we've done a, a big renovation to the uh, right wall when you walk into our store. So Tudor and Breitling have now taken up the entire right wall. Uh, uh, Tudor got 10 feet, Breitling has 10 feet, and it's just a great addition to this already outer wall that we have, Rolex, um, uh, Omega, Breitling, and Tudor. And then we still have you know, the fan favorites of Hamilton and Tissot, Grand Seiko uh, in, the, in the center case line. Uh, but the, the other big thing that I know Rebecca has been working diligently on and, and we've been teaming up with different brands is, is events. Uh, and I think Matt will dive a little bit deeper. He has a, he's kind of more of the operations guy and has a deeper understanding for what, uh, is going to be happening, but we have a watch fair, whiskey and watches, and a couple of other more, um, uh, boutique style events coming up. Yeah. Stay tuned to our social media and other email, uh, blasts. We have an event coming up that will be, uh, 
hopefully something really interesting for everybody in June, uh, a midsummer, early summer watch fair, which yeah, is Father's Day weekend. Yeah, we haven't done before. That'll have some events or internal events and some maybe a grill out and some other things tied to it. So similar sale pricing and other things like that, like whiskey and watches, but uh, it will be warm outside and it will be probably, it will be an all day thing on a Saturday. So it'll be an opportunity to have a little bit more time than the sort of uh, just blink of an eye that Whiskey and Watches is in that one evening in December. Um, we're also, we're collaborating with Seiko at some point in the mid to late summer um, to do an Ohio River cleanup, uh, which is something they do on the coasts with the National Oceanic Organization. Uh, but we're, we're wanting to do something local and, and partner with uh, a couple local organizations and, and get some of our clients and our friends involved to do something good in the community uh, with Richter and Phillips. Um, we'll have a few other things that just kind of stay tuned that are in the works that uh, they're just exciting. And I think if you're listening to this podcast and you're a fan of Richter and Phillips and you're familiar with our events and we really love our events, we love welcoming all of you into the store. Uh, it, this year we may be a little further afield with a few of them, and I think it's going to be a, a lot of fun. So hang in there with us and and keep watching. You heard it here first, further afield. <laughs> um, and we do have a watch email list that is available for people to sign up to as well. We're going to start using that to promote some of our events first since we are having to ticket some of them and limit the crowd flow. So feel free to join that. Um, as far as brand roster goes for 2023, are there any teases that you can offer about what is ahead? We teased in episode one a little bit. Retease, please. There, there are definitely some brands that are going to be launching through the year, if that's what we're teasing about. So Tudor uh, likely will, will launch through the year uh, one or two times on, on new product launches. We know nothing specific, but likely they will launch a couple more watches. Uh, Omega, I don't know if anyone realized, but typically Omega launches in March, and March is come and gone, and nothing from Omega. Uh, there's speculations why. I think Omega's demand and popularity has skyrocketed. I know Omega's demand and popularity has skyrocketed over the past two, three years. So they're just trying to keep up uh, and continue that quality control, <coughs> excuse me, and make up for watches that they they still need to get out to retailers so i think we can maybe expect to see something out of them in the months to come uh, i would be epically shocked if they went a whole year quiet uh or rather two so i would i would keep your kind of eyes peeled for for what to come uh from omega and and again some other brands do some launching throughout the year the reality is is we just went to a big event to celebrate these launchings of new product but we won't start to see it uh, for many months. So we can be excited about it. We can talk about it. I have pictures of it on wrist if you want to stop in and see, but we won't start to see that product until, you know, I'd say two, three months out from, from, from now. Uh, so it, it's exciting to see this flow. We get excited about it up front and then it kind of lulls because you don't have it and then you get it and the excitement comes back about. So there's a lot to be excited about. So with all these new releases, I mean, they come out every year. It can be hard to choose. Like what if you can only buy one or two watches a year? What if you can afford to buy 10 or more? How do you go about uh, deciding which watch to get? Uh, obviously, you know, qualities that you like in a watch, but how, 
would you advise somebody to choose a watch? Well, that that's, I mean, that's part of my job and that's part of our sales staff's job to be quite honest with you. I, I pride myself in, and, and I'm not a salesy sales guy. I, I am very good friends with more clients than I can count on one hand. And even the ones that I'm not very good friends with, I know what they like and what they dislike. I think it really just is a matter of diving into your current collection, where you see it going, and then we'll do our best to fill those holes. Uh, if you are fortunate enough to be able to own multiple timepieces, then you know we are here to help build and curate that collection. And, and the reality is, is it's not always within my store. You know, we, we carry many amazing brands and I run into guys all the time where you know they've they've treated us uh very nicely as as clients and the reality is that sometimes there's brands that we don't carry that people like uh and w- we take that in stride so i did have a follower on instagram ask if there was any chance that we would consider getting independent watch brands in the store so that's a hard that's a hard thing to do um we have a couple we have an independent uh, and Nomos already in our case line. Yeah, Nomos Guashute. Um, it's just interesting. It's a matter of space. And we say pretty often if we could have the Mosers of the world or Parmigiani, I think is one that you referenced, or, or Panerai or something like that, I could take a, a half dozen vitrines and take four to five pieces from each one of those brands and feature them and promote them and do other things like that. But those brands don't really function that way. They really want a lot of space. And we're somewhat limited and we uh, more importantly want to stay experts in what we carry. And uh, we've got a really diverse collection of watches now, including a, a huge collection of previously undiscontinued merchandise and estate pieces. Um, we want to remain as viable and as knowledgeable about our products as possible, uh, where it would be cool to have something a little bit more boutique or bespoke or something like that. Um, a lot of those brands are looking again, as Blake said, and boutique settings on the coasts or something like that, where they can get uh, a much more featured space. And we just, we've, we've allotted the space we have available for now. Maybe that will change in the future, but I think we're happy the way our brands round out the space we have and um, meet the client's needs, depending on whether they come in for a $300 Seiko core piece or something uh, with a few more zeros from one of the other brands. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the big things that's changing when you talk about what's changing from 2020 to 2021 is, and, and even 2022 and 2023, is these brands are starting to request slash insist upon more space. And the pop, more popular this watch industry gets, the more space these brands want, the more experiential they want their brand to be. So when you walk into our store right now, you can have a brand boutique at four major brands, right? I mean, Tudor, Breitling, Omega, Rolex. And, and those are going to be a representation of what they do with our store and what we do with them in our store. Um, when you a- approach these other companies, as much as we'd love to have five other watch brands, one, we, we like jewelry also, and we carry a lot of it. So we need to save room and, and space for our bridal and our jewelry clients and stuff like this. But a lot of these brands won't accept three feet, four feet, five feet, you know, they want 10 feet, 12 feet coming in the door. And again, that's where we're limited right now. Maybe one day we'll have a solution to that, whether it's a bigger space, two floors, whatever that may be one day, it's definitely far down the line. Uh, and we're just kind of working with what we have. And again, mastering what we have, we are experts with what we carry and very knowledgeable on what we don't, but, uh, that's kind of just where it stands. And with the, with the independence, there are so many that, 
it's just a hard thing to nail down, especially in a city like Cincinnati. We could get Parmigiani and someone would be like, why not H. Mosier? We could get H. Mosier and someone would be like, why not Chapard? You know, it's, uh, <coughs> excuse me, a very hard thing to, to tackle and get everyone happy. For somebody that is looking to buy their first watch, um, what do you suggest? How to get into it? Come into the store, talk with one of our, our sales associates, myself, Blake, Tracy, George, Zach. I, I mean, that, that's the, that's, that's a, such a loaded question Yeah, that, no you know, I mean, you walk in the store, we feel out where you're at. Uh, you, you, we get an idea of where you're comfortable. The reality is, is the last thing we want is for you to leave the store with a watch and have a bad feeling after you leave. Yeah, so come up with a budget, come yeah. up with an idea how often you're going to wear it, what you're going to use it for. Yep. And we will take care of the rest to tailor fit something if we can. Uh, but either way, we'll be your advocate for whatever you're looking for. Absolutely. I mean, from Hamilton at 500 bucks in a khaki field to, you know, uh, uh, a um, Seamaster 300 or a Tudor, you can be all, all over the board, but you just have to have an idea of where you want to be. What was your favorite timepiece that you sold within the past year? Oh, man. Um, I've sold a lot, a lot of watches over the past year. Um, I would say it's not so much the model, honestly, that is my favorite, that makes them my favorite. There's a group of gentlemen that are, are, are two unbelievable clients and I won't use their names, but they're brothers. Um, and they are, were, or are in business together and they, uh, needed two watches to commemorate a sale of a company that they have worked their entire lives to build. And, uh, and, and they weren't easy watches to come by, by any means. Uh, and they gave me some time to make this happen and they wanted a certain thing engraved a certain way. And, uh, you know, we went over a couple different proofs and to be honest, I messed it up once and we, we fixed it, but that experience sharing it with those two guys that have played such a vital role in my, you know, five year career here and, uh, friendship and support and all the other things. It, it was probably my favorite things. And, th and those watches were, um, Rolex Submariner, uh, green bezel. So the nickname, the Kermit, and they both got one and their company colors were green and it, you know, it, it, it meant a lot to them and in turn meant tremendous amount to me. Uh, and we got to do a very cool unboxing and a ceremony using the nice space that we're sitting in right now, which is our vault. Uh, and it was just a really cool experience. So not necessarily the coolest watch, but probably the coolest experience. The, the coolest watches, you know, all these watches come and go and we see them and we sell them and um, it's the people and the experiences that stick with me more than the watches, to be honest. Awesome. And Matt, for your department, the watch department, uh, just to wrap this up, what are you looking forward to for the year ahead? What do you predict? What do you hope for? And what will make you at the end of the year go? That was awesome. Uh, I don't know. A, re a three-peat over the last few years, I think would be pretty incredible. I'm, I'm very excited about the events that are upcoming. Um, I don't get out from the back as often as I'd like. Uh, I don't spend as much time at the watchmaker's bench as I would like either, but a lot more administrative and logistics uh, than, uh, than years past. So it's going to be great to interact with a lot of the people. I feel a little bit like not, and this isn't tooting my own horn, but like Oz kind of pulling strings or pulling levers behind the scenes. So the events are always something where I can come out and actually spend some time with people that um, I don't get, I get to interact with their timepieces, uh, but not so much with them. So I think that'll be great. Um, I'm very excited to Blake and I, uh, we did have strategy sessions while we were at Watches and Wonders, and we have, uh, the four of us, including Rick and Eric, have a shared vision of what this 
program looks like. And, and Blake's correct. When he came on board, um, I was well underway at trying to create something that was much more experiential for our clients, for you listeners to be in our store and be part of our family and not necessarily just clients and not uh, stop and go. And um, I'm looking forward to, to more of that activity and, and more of those interactions. Uh, we hired a new watch associate, Tracy Ritzy, who is coming into his own. Uh, anyone who hasn't been in and met Tracy, he's a ham. He's a lot of fun. Um, and and getting, an, getting even more, uh, uh, expanding our family to share more with the community and, and, uh, and be a part of these journeys with clients, whether it's purchase of a watch as a replacement for something that broke or, or you don't want anymore, don't use anymore, or, or some milestone or simply something very utilitarian. Um, I really enjoy that. That's sort of what I look forward to every year, every day. Awesome. Well, um, as the person that plans the events, I know we have some pretty major things happening this year. And uh, I think this year's going to be killer. It's going to be our best year yet. Uh, well, thanks for sitting down with me again. And um, yeah, we'll follow up here in a couple weeks and talk some more watches. Sounds good. Yeah, uh, keep questions coming. If anything else comes up, uh, we may be able to answer them on a more personal level, but uh, hopefully we caught, we, we caught the ones that uh, everybody wanted to get feedback on about watches and wonders and some of our other experiences. All right. Cheers. Cheers. cheers.